in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. You're listening to another episode of As I See It. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Dr. Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing great, Cole. How about you doing? I am doing how really well. How about wh- you doing? What kind of language? It's like Ohio State language there, right? It, I, it was I, the I, Ohio I, I, State I, I, language. So it's not a big deal. The, how um, are you doing, Cole? You know, when the weather starts changing and the leaves start changing, Dr. Jeff, uh-huh. I feel like I'm just in a better mood. That's all there is really? to it. I am a cooler weather person. Huh. I've heard this weird thing before. I'll throw this at you before yeah. we dive into the real stuff here. Uh-huh. Yeah. It depends on the time of year that you're born so my wife was born in july mm-hmm. she loves the hot weather my mother coincidentally is born on the exact same birthday how did i figure that one out and uh she loves the hot weather my birthday's in december i love cold weather I've never heard that before, but that is kind of interesting. You know, Susan and I, I was born in September, and Susan and I are taking a little fall trip, actually tomorrow, going up to Vermont, New Hampshire, and we enjoy that a lot. But, you know, and, and so I like having some brisk, cool weather and then coming back down to Tennessee and being warm. But Susan, you know, most of the time she says, if it's not the beach, it's not really vacation, uh-huh, right, you know, right. but she also, she is not a cold weather fan. Now she's a lot more petite than I am. And so that When's may her be birthday? part what of month? It's in April. Okay. You know? So she's kind of more of a, of a warmer transition season person, springtime and, and all that. So you, you may be onto something. We'll dive into this a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about lesson nine from doctors, Jeff and Susan Kegers, book, One Patient at a Time. Lesson nine is titled, Help Me Up So I Don't Go Down. You know when you read those headlines and you're like, I've got to click. I've got to read what in the world they're talking This would be one of those headlines. Uh, today, I understand this is talking about training and acknowledging. Uh, I'm sorry. Training and knowledge are good if they are being implemented and demonstrated consistently. consistently. I know from working here that training and culture are a very, very big deal. Talk to our uh, listeners for a second about why help me up so I don't go down makes sense. Yeah, this is bigger than just eye health. You know, in the early part of my career, of course, we want to maximize the, uh, the services we offer and the quality of care we offer with regard to eye health. Uh, eye glasses, eye contacts, eye, eye health, red eye, surgical, glaucoma, macular degeneration. And we measure as doctors, as eye doctors, the quality of our care based upon, did we make the right diagnosis? The reality is I got smarter as I went and realized that it's all about kind of what we call talk about later in the book, kind of our hierarchy of service, that it's not just the clinical care, it's the care experience, which includes clinical care, that really matters. And and the very first, if you will, ground floor of us providing that type of experience for a patient is making it safe. In the early days of making it safe, we thought about non-slip materials on the floor, different color thresholds so people can tell if they're walking up a step or down a step or from one place to another so they don't trip rounded corners on tables so they don't bump into a table and and get scratched or hurt Uh, those type of issues now in the middle of covid we talk about being masks and how we sterilize the rooms and how we wash our hands and and all of those things All all of a sudden for everybody safety is very important 
right. where maybe it wasn't it was assumed before in other offices but for us safety has a deeper connotation covid could go away and safety is still the first and foremost thing that we have to have in the office right and and so this gets to this issue of many of our patients and how we help to make sure that we keep them safe you mentioned the book. Despite our training in this procedure, we allow uh, too many older patients who are noticeably frail, who often have a cane or a walker, to rise on their own. Training and knowledge are only good if they are being implemented and demonstrated consistently. To talk to us. Uh, I, what again? Listeners don't don't uh, see what we see, so they don't know that we have a um, an individual at the front of the practice that literally, if it's raining, he's walking out with an umbrella. He is helping people, literally opening every door, entrance, and exit for every patient that's coming in and out of this practice. I'm guessing that's not probably standard protocol in other practices. Um, Talk to me for a second about our our team and what it comes to training. And, and you're mentioning here in, in Lesson 9 about frail people in canes. What do those have to do exactly. with each other? And even we took doors out of main hallways so that people don't have to negotiate those if they have a cane or a wheelchair or they're frail and they're not opening doors and being pushed back by a heavy door. Things like that are, are just kind of... Um, inherent in the design that we looked at from a patient standpoint but this one is you know clearly we have more eye problems as we mature than we do when we are younger and so we train on trying to make sure people are safe and I think we do a very very good job at walking with somebody allowing them to hold on to our arm when we're walking down the hall like mm-hmm. it gets back to kind of one of the earlier or later lessons i don't know exactly where it was i think it's lesson 11 where we talk about don't walk so fast or so far mm-hmm. we have to walk with patients not in front of them leading them or having them chase us i oftentimes in the exam room will finish up a conversation with the patient let's say that they're older than me which obviously you know anything 10 years older than me is old right <laughs> older uh, so <laughs> that's that's getting to be pretty old nowadays but anyway uh, and, and and they don't have any other questions i'll turn to my scribe because we always have a scribe in the room and i said well then mary we'll help you to the next step we'll get that test run we'll go to the optical and work with the cool glasses you're going to get and i'll make a little eye contact because what I'm expecting is that the scribe will then move forward to be within an arm's reach of the patient mm-hmm. to help the patient up. Right. The most common time when people fall is not when they're already up and they're walking down the hall, which is where we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. It's when they're first getting up or first sitting down. They miss a chair sitting down or more likely when they get up because blood pressure may not be as high right away it stays a little low when we get this event called a hypotensive event that just means a low blood pressure event where whoa i get a little dizzy Mm -hmm. well guess what it's not good enough if somebody accidentally falls and then we're there to pick them up we wanted to prevent the fall so we really work with our team on trying to prevent falls that's a big passion of mine my mom prior to her passing a year ago had parkinson's and you know we're on a first name basis with williamson county medical despite the fact that we worked very very hard to try to minimize her falls it's just was inherent with that type of disorder but everybody's prone to falls those accidental falls my wife had one at an airport and she's by no means old nor is she does she have a difficult time getting around so some of them are not preventable but the ones that are obvious 
obvious to me are the getting up out of a chair and getting into a chair. And we need to be with the person there helping them in case we need to stabilize them. One of the things we also teach is that we don't reach out and grab them. Hmm. We, we leave our arm in an appropriate manner so that they can hold on to us and stabilize themselves. That's a subtle but important type of thing that allows them to still have the independence Utilize the arm if they need it. And I don't care if 15 out of 16 people in a day say, no, no, I don't, I'm fine. I don't need that. We're at least close by. It's that one person That's right. that we do help that means more to me. It's a very simple gesture to make sure that we keep you safe in our office. Doctors Jeff and Susan Kegaris have spent the last 26 years growing both Cool Springs Eye Care and Donaldson Eye Care to the industry-leading optometric practices they are today. Striving to provide the absolute best healthcare experience possible, the Kegerises authored their first book, One Patient at a Time. With eight chapters and 135 lessons, you'll quickly see why One Patient at a Time is currently the number one new healthcare released book on Amazon. Pick up your copy of One Patient at a Time today. One thing you mentioned here, Dr. Jeff, that uh, I wrote down in my notes is um, the two simple words of subtle difference. I find that when I look through the book, um, uh, while you have built, you and Dr. Susan, a great company here with a great team, and there are great uh, elements in the lessons. There are really just subtle differences. These aren't overthought things here. They're 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 processes. They've been documented. We actually implement them. But this is not brain science, as they would say, right? Subtle difference is exactly right. That kind of leads us right into lesson number 10, Dr. Jeff. You title, Have Someone in Charge of Care. And uh, I I had to think about this for a second. As soon as I read the title, I was like, oh, well, uh, I guess that would be my wife. But you're saying it just the opposite. You're talking about we've got a lot of people here in the practice. A lot of people have name tags. In some cases, you're dealing with a, a few people in your experience here. But when the patient has a question, they met all these people. Who are they calling? Talk to listeners about that for a second. I think you summarized the lesson very well. We can go on to number 12 now. No, <laughs> Actually, you did, and that, that's the reason. First of all, uh, and, and a corollary to this, is that I do believe that people need to have their names on. People like that personal identification. I like to be able to say, hi, Cole, or Cole took care of me today, or I met Cole. I think it's especially true if you're a business owner, a manager that wants to acknowledge when people are doing things really well. When you have a patient that takes the time to say, well, you know, that guy in the green sweater, he was so nice. I don't know who wore green sweater that day. Right. And that narrows it down from the women to the men. But it's really nice when somebody says, hey, I, I talked to Justin today, and he was so nice. I talked to Caleb today. I talked to Ariel today. Do you know what Kristen did for me when we walked XYZ? Then I can fully acknowledge the great personal services somebody provides. So I think name tags are very important. I hate going to the airport and seeing, you know, like H. Johnson, because I don't want to say, well, hi, H. Johnson. You know, I want to say, hi, Hannah. Right, right. She knows my name. I ought to be able to use hers. But I don't think American Airlines looks at their customers the same way we look at our patients. So you'll see all of our staff with individual name tags. Mm -hmm. But just as you mentioned, um, there are a lot of people you meet. You say, wow, I really liked Chinbin because he did the preliminary testing. I really liked 
Michelle in the exam room scribing for Dr. Shields. I loved working with Dolly and Noah in the optical and checking out with Beth was tremendous. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of names. Right. Okay. And and so we always tell people, you're going to meet a lot of people today, most of whom you've seen before or will see again. But maybe some are new to you. As we grow, there are more and more new people and even established patients go, wow, you've really grown. I don't recognize everybody as I used to. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, being able to help your patients by saying, hey, if you have a question on anything that happened today, here's my card. I'm in charge of your care, gives a personal connection to the patient. That's what we did when we were smaller, all right? When we had fewer patients, if you will, to manage, maybe one or two doctors with a certain patient base. Mm -hmm. But now we have eight doctors, Mm -hmm. lots more patients. And that means that each of those people that might give a card are going to get a lot of phone calls. And so we have streamlined that in our office to say we've created a what, what we call a ambassador or tech on call position, which is the person that fields all of those questions. You may call the front desk. We're not using an answering machine, that's for sure, and we're not going to make you go through a phone tree. You're going to talk to a human being each and every time. But they're going to probably transfer you, if you have a question about your visit, to our tech on call. And they are specifically trained and in not only the clinical aspects, but the coordinated aspects and the care aspects to be able to say, let's look. You were a little unclear on one of these instructions, or you wanted to get an extra pair of glasses that were for the computer. Let me make sure that we can write that. Whatever that might be, at least you have a person to go to. And so now instead of handing out multiple cards, we may provide you with a card for the doctor and a card for the tech on call so that we we realize that we're still managing care even when you're not in the office. You're still our patient and you may need us and we want to make it easy for you to get a hold of us and know who to call. So again, you're listening to As I See It. We are uh, covering lesson number 10, have someone in charge of your care. Very important. Dr. Jeff, I want to uh, make sure that we um, give a couple of bullet points for each of these. One on lesson, uh, I'm sorry, lesson nine, making safety priority number one, always. Uh, Implementing subtle differences. Uh, On the business side, I'm going to say it has a positive ROI. On the clinical side, I would say it helps to create that great health Healthcare experience, and again, you. you um, when I say ROI and I say great healthcare healthcare experience, because I in this position have the wonderful uh, job of reading the reviews, and it. You can hear a business owner say whatever they want on a podcast. You can sit in a meeting and hear talking heads say things. When the person that paid the bill, when the person that went through the experience comes back time and time again and or brand new to the facility, takes the time out to write a paragraph about that experience, that's when all the pieces start really uh, fitting together. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. I, I do want, because I do uh, think we have time here, I want to segue right into Lesson 11. And you uh, have titled this, you and Dr. Susan, you titled it, Wait, Don't Walk So Far and So Fast. Now, let's put a little a little preface in here. Uh, we do not have um, we, uh, a clinic where we only service old people, right? Because right. we're talking right. about that. But let's not uh, lie to each other. There are certain aspects of, of treatment that, uh, like glaucoma, cataracts, things that come into your, um, your eye care experience when you get older in life that aren't there at 25 years old. And so a lot of these are extremely important, but talk to the listeners for a second about Lesson 11 and why you and Dr. Susan thought it was so important to put it in the book. Yeah, I think uh, similar
similar to what we talked about in the last podcast, where we talked about the uh, greeting the patient in the reception room rather than the call from the door. That's I think right. another unfortunate and and non-courteous demonstration of healthcare that we're all used to is leaving the doctor examination room and either been being told, uh, you just check out down the hall there, take a right. And then you're left to your own to not kind of negotiate a hall with a, a whole bunch of signs <laughs> right. and hope hope that you end up in the checkout station and not the women's bathroom right. or something like that or right. the x-ray room at the wrong time. And so, so that's one. Or somebody does walk you out, but their definition of walking you out is to be halfway down the hall in front of you. And you're trying to catch up. Mm -hmm. And so really, this is especially for our mature adults, but also for, I just think from a courteous standpoint, this could be with a five-year-old kid and their mom also, uh, or it could be with a 22-year-old or a 48-year-old. I don't think age is is our rule here. Um, We may not go quite as quickly when we're walking with an older person, but our, our rule and what we train the staff is to walk with the person. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Number one, you are there to be able to have conversation with them on the way out. It's still an opportunity that with no one else around, HIPAA protected, that we can reiterate some of the some of the things the doctor talked about or what we're going to do now. We've sent that prescription into the pharmacy. We're now taking you to the optical so you can get the computer glasses and the sunglasses that Dr. Jeff talked about. And you're going to be working with, let's see, looks like Noah and it looks like Amy are on the floor today. They're great. They're going to help you with this. I mean, that type of conversation makes the transition easier we don't want you to end up at the next place and and they go so why are you here again and you have to re-explain everything so we think that that transition and talking to the patient as they're walking kind of reiterates important things helps them to say okay i know what the next step is what you're going to do even if you're just going to check out you know we're going to talk with caleb he's going to take care of um, the charges today but also he's going to make the appointment for the next visit for you so walking with the patient's important and and that's just a courteous thing to do no matter what age patient we have. Dr. Jeff, we're getting to that time of the year where um, the, the months are ending, the fiscal year is ending, and patients, um, or future patients, as I like to say, are um, considering if their FSA or their HSA dollars are going to um, term at the end of the year, mm-hmm. if they're going to roll over. And I, I'm, I'm going to say a majority of people are just Googling it to figure out the difference of FSA versus HSA. Uh, my point is, if you are here in the local market, uh, please make your, uh, your annual eye exam, consider Consider Cool Springs Eye Care or Donaldson Eye Care. You can uh, find us online through Facebook, Instagram, all the obvious channels. Check it out. If you're listening to this podcast not in the Middle Tennessee area, do exactly what you do when you're um, when you're making any other appointment. Do your due diligence. Do your research. See, read the reviews. It's extremely, extremely important. I'm very proud of the fact that we have over 900 five star reviews between both locations. And I think uh, a new patient moving to the Tennessee market. Or 
Middle Tennessee market uh, to the person that's brought their kids and now their grandkids here uh, feel very feel a comfort in knowing that hey I started with this guy 20 years ago and now look where we are today it looks like um, it's the same continuity of service yeah. a great eye care experience and me being 43 I mean that's a, it helps you know, it helps because yeah, we it measure dog years it's a, it's a weird <laughs> thing <laughs> Dr. Jeff thank you very much uh, thank you again for listening we appreciate your attention please make sure to hit the subscribe button uh, that really helps us reach more people in podcast world so thank you very much and as always leave your comments uh, Dr. Jeff reads them each and every week thanks Dr. Jeff I appreciate it